Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There we go. Kanisha, could you come forward for a moment? I'd like to introduce you to Kanisha. For those of you who have road rage, you better be careful. But Kanisha is uh, a flagger. I think that's the term they use. Traffic control. Well, don't you love the terminology people come up with? When I was in kid, when I was a kid in school, teachers were just teachers. Then when I graduated from high school and I went to college, they were starting to be called knowledge dispensing units. Like literally, they had this silly terminology. So traffic control sounds really good. Just like a sanitation engineer. It sounds really good. So, if you want to hold that for one second. When you see Kanisha, do you know what she does? (laughs) So, hold up one of those signs. Titus, what do you do if you're in a vehicle and you see that? You stop. Why? Excellent. You have to wait. And when are you allowed to go? When that that individual puts it down and tells you to go? Slow. Now you can go. Slow you can go. Kenesha exercises authority. She does. If you do something and she gets upset, she has the ability to report you. And it's funny because as as the last little month or so, I've been thinking of the word authority. And authority and power, power and authority are not identical. For instance... Kanisha has the authority to stop a vehicle, but she does not have the power, the physical power to stop a vehicle. I mean, if a vehicle kept moving, she couldn't stop. But the moment they see the stop sign, all of a sudden her authority kicks in and you, do, you, you obey. So there's, there's an interesting dynamic that's involved with authority that I want to look at today and we're going to study a a passage in Matthew but what I want us to realize is authority does not depend on how big you are authority does not depend on how big you are authority doesn't matter how much you know Authority doesn't depend on how loud you can scream, but authority depends on who gave you that. For instance, if I stood up on the street like this, some people would drive right by and wave. But if Kanisha stood in the same spot and held up the little thing that's red, that makes people red, and holds it up, people will 
stop. In fact, it would almost it would almost be humorous, but I wouldn't. Boy, I don't know if I should suggest this, but it would almost be funny to take Kanisha for a drive and drop her off somewhere, and then just say, "Why don't you just exercise your authority for a minute somewhere in the middle of nowhere?" You know, and vehicles are driving by, and all of a sudden, Kanisha comes out and goes like this. Do you know what's going to happen? They will stop. And then they'll get mad. Yeah, they'll get mad. They will get mad. You will get mad. (laughs) But there's an aspect of authority that I want to talk about today. And I want to look at authority and understanding our authority as believers. Authority doesn't matter what kind of guns you've got. It doesn't matter what you pack or what you carry. Authority depends on who gave it to you. And as you walk down the street, more people will respond and ha- respond to Kanisha's authority than they will to my authority because she is dressed and she is recognized as somebody who is certified in order to control traffic. And each one of us, as a believer, has authority. And I am convinced that most of us do not recognize or appreciate the authority that we have. Thank you, Kanisha. You may down the aisle like that. Slow. Authority. If you could turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. I am, I am convinced because I know myself. I don't exercise all my authority. But two weeks ago we were in Costa Rica. And uh, we were there for two weeks celebrating Bradley's and Veronica's wedding. With Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda and their family. And I got sick on a Monday after the wedding. And something happened and I just, all I wanted to do was lay down. So I was sick on the Monday and then the Tuesday. And then for some reason God raised me up on the Wednesday and the Thursday. And we flew home on the Friday. And then literally, and that was a week ago, Friday, so about nine days ago. And I was sick when I came home. I Somehow something else happened. And I was sick the Saturday all the way through to literally yesterday morning. And I don't usually get sick. In fact, last Saturday we called an audible. And I was supposed to preach on Sunday. And at about 7 o'clock, if not later, I asked Pastor Daniel if he would step in. And I really appreciate his willingness and his flexibility. He was instant in season and out. And he delivered an amazing sermon last week. Our commitment to the word and our passion for the word. Getting into God's word. And he did that at about 7 o'clock or later Sunday, Saturday evening. So you better be careful. If I call you Saturday evening, you better be prayed up and ready. Because I ain't calling you just to see how you're doing. I'm calling to see what you're doing Sunday morning. I'm just kidding. 
now you're going to freak out every time Pastor David calls. Oh, I'm not home. I'm not home. I'm not home. Tell him I'm not here. But uh, I was out of it. I, I was not 100%. And the whole time I'm not feeling well, I'm thinking about my authority as a believer. You know, it's easy to praise God and it's easy to thank God when things are going well. It is real easy to thank God when things are going the way you want them to go, when the sun's shining, when everybody's happy. But it's real hard to thank God and to praise God when times are not going the way you'd like them to go. And I was determined that no matter how I felt, the words that came out of my mouth were not going to be words of defeat, but words of victory, words of power, and words of authority. And I don't know how many times I spoke to that bug, but I almost gave it a name. I mean, we spoke so much. We almost became like, well, I wouldn't say we became buddies, but we became almost known on a first name basis. It's like, you get out of me. And then I'd speak in tongues, so I'd almost got a name in tongues, you know. I, but, I, but, you, you know. Come on. I know, a, I know a guy, I know a guy that goes through Starbucks uh, drive through and when he's ordering, he starts speaking in tongues because none of the people know what he's saying anyways. Have you ever gone through a drive through and it's like they're almost speaking tongues back to you? You ask for like a tall, extra hot vanilla latte and they call, turn back and they say, would you like a grande, this and this? And it's like, hello, you might as well just speak in tongues to them prophesy to them and then get to the window and then correct it so anyways i was speaking in tongues to this thing but i was exercising my authority and i want i I found some interesting things about authority in matthew chapter 8 that i'd like to share with you and this is a story about the centurion he was not a child of israel in fact he was somebody that the Israelites regarded and appreciated because he actually built things and a temple for the children. So he was, he was highly regarded in the community, but he was not necessarily an Israelite. If you go down into verse 5, in chapter 8, and we're going to read from verse 5 through to verse, the end of verse 13. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, A centurion came to him, imploring him, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I'm sorry, I can't read the whole passage without getting excited. Do you know how Jesus responded? Sure, I'll come and heal him. Shouldn't it be like, call me during business hours? Shouldn't it be like, hey, I, uh, check with my schedule? Sure, I'll come over and I'll heal him. There's something in there for you. There's something there for you. You got to grab that thing and you got to think about that for a bit. Jesus, my servant, is lying paralyzed at home. 
fearfully tormented, Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled, and he said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness in that place where will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. Hallelujah. The servant was healed that very moment. I got about five or six things. I don't know. I wrote down a bunch of notes. But I'd like to just go through this passage. And let's look at some things about authority. First of all. The, 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 the centurion. His understanding of authority brought him to one of greater authority. He, his understanding, and, and through this passage, I just see understanding. If we can understand what authority looks like and understand more about authority, I believe we will walk in greater authority. So let me tell you, there's something that you can't handle. Then you bring in the one who has greater authority. And I would suggest to you humbly that if you're living life without the power of the Holy Spirit and if you're trying to do life without Christ as the center of your life and the pilot of your life and if you're trying to do life on your own merits and on your own strength you've got your limited authority. And if you're trying to do something without God involved in the equation I would suggest to you, look at something that involves God and do something that requires God's input into that situation. Don't pick up something that you can handle. Pick up something that God can handle. It's real easy to climb over a small little hill. But you'll never get over things if you're always picking up stuff that you can handle. There's an element of authority that comes when you walk with God and you start looking at situations that you cannot handle, but by the grace of God Almighty, you supersede and win. That's when it gets exciting. Anybody else can climb a ladder. Everybody else can do this and do that, but only what God can do sets you apart. And if you're living life on your own authority, you need to start to realize there is an authority that comes from God that can speak to your situation and to your, situa- uh, your itch- issues 
greater and more effectively than you can yourself. True authority respects authority. True authority respects authority. This centurion understood authority and yet he respected authority. Because he operated in the realm of authority, he could recognize when somebody had authority and he recognized the authority that Christ had. What he acted on is in his authority. What authority do you have that you can exercise? What authority do you have that you can exercise to help somebody else? That's what the centurion did. He took his authority to help his servant. He exercised his authority by going to Christ, by talking to him and saying, Lord, I know you can do it, so I'm going to exercise the authority that I have over this individual, my friend, and I'm going to come to you on his behalf. I find it interesting that the centurion's servant was paralyzed and it was tormented by fear. And as I was studying this morning and going through this passage, I believe God put a word in my heart for people here today that some of us are paralyzed and tormented by fear. And there is an authority in Christ that is present right now that can break any one of those worries, those fears, those paralytic actions or thoughts. You do not have to live life paralyzed. You do not have to live life tormented by fear because the authority of Christ is here and he breaks every single chain there is nothing too difficult for God so I'm here right now I, I, I'm going to probably have a few moments like this through the sermon today where if you are paralyzed by emotions or by fear or by analyzing things and you are paralyzed by them and you are tormented by them I'm here to tell you right now they are broken can I hear an amen you do not have to live like a paralyzed person not able to move not able to function not able to do those things you don't have to live like somebody who is tormented by fear you can rise above it because the authority of Christ is here right now and I am speaking to you prophetically that he wants to break those things in your life. And it takes on you an act of faith and it takes on you the act of listening to his authority and listening and saying, Lord, you can do this. So right now, we don't have to wait to the end. Right now, I declare broken chains. Right now, I speak to fear to leave your place.
Right now I speak to paralyzing things, things that just stop you in your tracks that make you not even be able to move. I speak to those and I say, be gone in the name of Jesus by the authority of Christ being victorious over every sickness, every illness, every disease to be gone now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you receive that? Paralysis is just horrific. As we continue in this verse, he knew the limits of his ability and his authority, so he went to someone who had greater authority. I, I am constant in my understanding and awareness that I need Christ. Joshua when they went and they started to have victories and they started to take the promised land, they had the first victory was going around Jericho. Huge, huge victory. Monumental. The momentum and the the morale was huge with the people and the next city they went to was nothing. It was a little city called Ai. And he sent a couple spies to check it out. And they came back and they said, don't even worry about it. After what we did at Jericho, this little thing, it's like nothing. And it says in the Bible that they did not seek the Lord. They did not ask counsel of God. And they went to Ai with just a small army because they didn't want to use all their resources. They didn't want to affect everybody and disturb the rest of the... So they just went a little bit. And they got chased like a dog with his tail between his legs. And what happened is they had one victory. They had, they had one victory. I'm not sure if you're understanding that. They had one victory and then they told God, we've had enough. We can handle this. It's okay. You don't have to worry about this little one, God. I got it. You know what? God is interested in your little AIs. Just as much as he's interested in your huge Jerichos. So, in your authority, learn to exercise and recognize when there's greater authority. And that's Christ. Also, when you operate in authority, the centurity operated in his authority but his authority did not stop him his authority led him have you ever met somebody who's got an ego ego can be a terrible thing to have okay we're not pointing fingers We're not nudging somebody and saying, he's talking about you right now. No, 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 we're not doing that. I was asking a rhetorical question, not a question that required an answer when pointing. So I'll ask it again. But have you ever met somebody, their ego is so large, they don't need anybody to help them? says in the, the Proverbs, pride comes before a fall. This centurion 
had resources. This centurion had the resources to build them a temple. He had servants. He had, in that society, he was not at the bottom. He was well on his way up. He had what he needed. Have you ever met somebody that you want to help and they say, that's okay, I got everything taken care of because I'm so-and-so. Do you know who you're talking to? And the centurion had no ego. His authority didn't stop him. But his authority led him to seek Christ. Don't get so full of yourself that there's no room for others. Don't get so full of yourself that you don't need anybody else to help you. I'm teaching you Bible right now. I'm not teaching you something from Oprah. You know, she might say these things, but you know what? This is actually in the Bible. You see lessons of this in the Bible. There is more common sense in the Bible than any other book I've ever read. It's so common, it's uncommon. Walking in authority. You can walk in authority and realize and expect something to happen because you are walking in authority. This is centurion. This, this story just it got me going. Then, then in verse 8. So in verse 6 he comes to him and then Jesus says. And I just love verse 7. By the way. If you need help. If you're stuck somewhere. And you feel like you're paralyzed. You know what you could do? You go to Jesus and you say Jesus I need help. And do you know what he's going to say to you? I'll come on over. It's like, that's too easy. No, it's not. We make it so complicated. We give him a maze to walk through. We tell him he has to pick up every piece of cheese and do this and do that. And he says, no, I'll just come right on over. You don't have to get me to do this way and that way. I'll just come straight to your place. Where you are. Can, can you imagine? Put yourself back there 2,000 years ago. And you're walking down the street and you're looking for, I mean, you're desperate. One of your best servants is not feeling well. And, and he's a good guy. So maybe your motives are that, that you want to just make sure things go along well. But I mean, he's a good guy. And, and, and you've gotten to know him. You've gotten to know his family, his background. But you can't do anything to help him. But you know there's somebody who can. And you see him. And you say, can you, can you heal my servant? And Jesus just looks at him and goes, sure, I'll be right over. What an answer from God. God wants to come to your house right now. He's ready to come. 
You call on him, he answers, and it's like, I'll be right over. And I mean, he is right over. He doesn't have to jump in no car and deal with a flagger and traffic control. I mean, he's right there. Sorry, Kanisha, I couldn't help that one. In verse 8, so Jesus says to him, I'll come and I'll heal him. Jesus says to you, I'm going to come and I'm going to heal you. Isn't that simple? I'm not sure if you're hearing it. Jesus says, I will come and heal him. Who here needs healing from God? Who here needs a touch from God? When you come to him, you know what he can say to you and what he will say to you? I'll come on over and I'll heal you. It's like, I couldn't even come up with an answer like that. I mean, that is so simple. And yet, hugely profound. I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. I want you to see a number of things in this response. First of all, the word Lord. He uses it twice. When you are under authority, you need to learn how to respect other authority. He came to him with honor and respect. And that word Lord wasn't the word Lord as in Jesus Christ. But that word Lord actually defers and refers to somebody of greater authority. Or somebody who is higher. And this centurion, someone who practiced and understood authority, didn't use it flippantly. He used it in honor and respect to Jesus. And there is a protocol in the kingdom of God that we use. I refer to Pastor Nelson as Pastor Nelson because he's my pastor. I refer to him as dad at times, yes. But there is a respect that I have for Pastor Nelson that I will not just call him, hey, you. And there's an aspect of authority that will, when you treat authority with respect and honor, what happens is it opens the door and it unlocks and it releases from the one with the authority to you. There's something powerful in protocol in the kingdom and in authority. Just this last week, I sent an email or a Facebook message to an individual, and I was, I'd noticed that they had wrote some notes. I've met this individual. I've had dinner with him. He's not even in this country. He's in another country at the other half of the, the U.S. I've talked to him a few times over the phone. Um, met him just within the last year and a half, two years. But I noticed that he had written some interesting tweets and it really got my attention. And so I wanted to do some studies. So I wrote him a note saying, hey, do you have those on file? And would they be accessible? 
And I have an honor and a respect for this gentleman. And he's a doctor. And I refer to him as doctor. So I sent him that email, doctor so-and-so. This, and then I explained why I wanted to, to, you know, it wasn't just to fill my library, but I wanted to do some studying and understand some things, and there were some questions I had. His response to me was, oh, I wrote a book about it. I'll send you a copy. Do you know what happened there? I approached him with honor and respect because he is one of authority. And that unlocked the door that he actually reciprocated and said, I'll give you a copy. Now, I've had a conversation with this individual before where he has told me that there will be some access that would not be granted based on certain behavior. He understood protocol. And I understood protocol. When you approach somebody that is higher in authority, be very careful and very aware of how you do it. Don't just go to Pastor Nelson and say, hey, buddy. He is due respect. And he has earned it. And I will honor him. And that's what the centurion did. Are you receiving this morning? There are some, there are some nuggets, I believe, in this teaching and in this story and this understanding of authority that will release things in you. But I also understand it and see it that as you walk in authority, as you walk, you will have greater authority when you understand authority. When you understand what happens when you walk in authority and when you exercise authority and respect for authority, other things will happen from that. Dr. Brown refers to it as what you honor, you attract, and what you dishonor, you do not attract. moves away from you. What you honor moves towards you, and what you dishonor moves away from you. That's understanding of authority. Some people refer to it as reading the room. Have you ever... There's some rooms I read well in and other rooms I don't read well in. That word Lord is a title of honor, expressive of respect and reverence with which servants greet their masters. Then he goes, you're not worthy to come into my house. And he's honoring him and he's being respectful to him. But then he says, just say the word. Did anybody catch that? Do you know what you need to do? Is say, Jesus, just say the word. He asked him to come and heal him. Jesus says, I'll come over to your place and heal him. And he says, no, I'm not worthy. But if you just say the word. Sometimes what you need to do is just speak the word over your situation. We think 
we have to fix this, fix this, fix this. Sometimes, and sometimes we do, we have to alter and change our behavior, definitely. But there's times when what you need to do is just speak his word. Not your word. His word. My wife and I are learning how to speak his word. And you know what? It changes your situation. There is something that happens in the atmosphere around you when you start speaking his word that will not happen if you're not speaking his word. In Psalm 107 verse 20, and in that psalm they're talking about the, the great deliverances that God gave the children of Israel. In Psalm 100 verse 20, it says, And he sent his word and healed their land. There is power like kapow power. Or as the Pentecostal would say, shaka. (laughs) There is power in speaking the word of God. I got two. There is power in speaking the word of God. If you want to see the authority of God released in your life, don't speak your words, speak his words. His word says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That is a word of authority. That's a word that you can speak when you're in trouble. And you can say, Lord, I don't understand this. The forest is caving in on me. But your word says, greater are you that's in me than he that's in the world. Therefore, I stand on your word. It says I can do all things through Christ. That means when you look in the context, it means I can be abased and I can be abounded. I can handle the tough times and I can handle the good times. I can do it all through Christ who strengthens me. Just like Sean shared this morning in communion. It's not about me. It's what Christ did. What did he do? All my strength, all my joy is found in him. It says in him we live and move and have my being. So when I'm looking to walk in authority and exercise my authority, I look to his authority and I say, your word says this. Your word is the authority in my life and I will speak your word. Just send your word. You don't even have to show up. Just send your word. Do you know when you speak, you are sending things out when you speak? Man, when you speak, the words go out, but it's not just words. It's not just the letters of the alphabet that form a word and have consonants and vowels in them and make sounds. It's more than that. There is authority that goes with your words. He sent his word and it healed the land. There's an authority that is in Christ 
that even a centurion who had all the resources that he wanted but was lacking in healing recognized and says, I can't do this. You just have, all you have to do is speak the word and it's going to happen. Here's another spot where I'm getting off and I'm standing on my soapbox. But I believe there's people here, you need to start speaking the word. Don't speak what other people are saying. Don't speak the gibberish of this person or that. Speak his word over the situation. Lord, you sent your word and you healed the land. Your word is my life. There is power in the word. Picture your words not just coming out and hitting into somebody's ear, but picture your words as darts. Picture your words as going towards that target. Picture your words as words that are encouraging words. Picture your words that words of life. Picture your words that words of strength. Picture your words as words of encouragement. Picture your words that are words of getting people out of situations that they can't get out of. And all you did was spoke the word. He says, God, you don't have to come to my house. I'm not worthy for you to come. All you have to do is just speak the word. There is authority in words. There is power. I'm not sure we understand completely. We usually feel it afterwards when we've said words and we see the damage, damage. But I don't think we realize the power that is in our words from the get-go. There are words that I will not use. There are people that I will not speak about or speak against because they are men and women of God and I am not going to speak a word that is against what God is doing. There are things I will not touch the Lord's anointed. David said that of Saul and Saul was going a little haywire. I mean, if anybody deserved to get spanked and pushed around, it was what he... David says, I'm not doing that. He's God's anointed. He deserves it. I don't care. He's a jerk. I don't. You know what? I have determined in my life that you will not hear me speak negative about another minister. Because I know the power of words. I will speak positive. I will speak encouraging. You two are going to be powerful young men and women of God. You've got a passion and a dream inside of you. You're going to knock it out of the park. Both of you. And I'm committed to only speak power and blessing and positive over you. I've tried the rest. It ain't any fun. But I know what positive and power will do. And it's biblical. Keep it up.
don't stop. It says in Galatians, don't grow weary in well-doing. In due time, you will reap what you sow. You will reap those seeds that you are sowing today, yesterday, last week. They are going into soil that will bear fruit. You are learning faithfulness today so that you will reap faithfulness tomorrow. You are learning steadfastness now so that you will reap it in other lives when you get out of this place and you go in what God's calling you to do. You will see that because of what you are doing today. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Just say the word. And my servant will be healed. (laughs) Who needs healing? Speak the word. You say, well, that's blabbing and grabbing. Yes, it is. And I'm okay with blabbing and grabbing it. That's the same as saying I'm going to speak it and claim it. I'm going to name it and claim it. You know, I don't care that it's been abused and people have used it wrong. That doesn't mean the word of God is wrong. Just because somebody drives a car over a cliff doesn't mean a car is bad and I'm never going to use it again. I'm just going to be very careful going around that corner. Come on. Sometimes we get a little weary and a little scared and a little worried. And I understand that. But if it's in the word, and his word says confess it, and believe it, and speak it, and say it, then that's what I'm going to do. And if you call me radical, go ahead. Because I'm looking for results. And I've been in the church for over 40 years. My whole life I've been in the church. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not happy with how many results I've seen in my 45, 6, 7, 47 years of life. I'm looking for more. And when I see it, there's something in here that's saying there's more to it. And I will speak his word. And I'm expecting miracles. I'm ex- I'm expecting dead people to be raised from the dead. It happens in the Bible. And he says, if it's in there and you see me do it, you're going to do it. Greater things are you going to do. And I'm getting worked up. Authority carries expectation. You might want to write some of these things down. Authority carries expectation. When you're a man of authority, you expect something. Brendan, when you speak on a job site, you expect something to happen because you're a man of authority. And in the same way and in the same manner, you can speak spiritually and with power of a spiritual authority over something and expect it to happen. We seem to understand how it happens in the day-to-day world, but we somehow don't equate it the same way in the spiritual world. And I'm as much to blame there. I'm not saying I got this figured out. I'm learning and I'm seeking. And when I see a promise in his word that I don't see happening here, I'm not throwing it out. I'm digging deeper. Authority is carried in the words that you speak. Authority expects results. Authority expects the result before it even happens. 
He says in this verse, I say to my servants, go. And does he sit there and go, oh, I hope they go. I hope they go. I wonder if they're going to go. No, he says, I say go, they go. I say to another one, come, he comes. I say to another one, do it, and they do it. There is an expectation of results when you walk in authority. In fact, you get results. Come on, when you walk in authority, you get results. Kanisha gets results because she walks in authority. There's an authority that she has when she dresses up in her garb and causes other people to stop and to go slow. And she expects it. Expect miracles. Because that's what that centurion expected. Expect a miracle. If you want to exercise authority, in verse 9 he says, I too am a man under authority. I know it's getting late. Are you still with me for a few more minutes? I'm excited and I'm getting worked up and I'm not quite ready to shut her down. Can you give me a couple minutes? Anybody got a problem? Nope, too late. I'll I'll give you just a few verses here. I I just, a few thoughts. If you want to exercise authority, you need to be under authority. Don't be a lone ranger. This guy says, I know, bad show. Don't be out there on your own. He says, I'm a man under authority. And because I'm under authority, I exercise authority. And he looked at Jesus and he says, he says, I too am a man under authority. He recognized that Jesus, well, Jesus wasn't under authority. Yes, he was. He says, I only do what my father tells me to do. If you want to learn how to exercise authority, get under authority. If you want to learn how to walk in authority, then get under the God-given authority over you. I was hoping for a few more amens, but I'll let it sink in. Authority is learned and authority is earned. You've got to learn how to walk in your authority. You've got to earn it. There's authority given to you. Yes, it's delegated, but it's delegated when you've earned it. Kanisha doesn't just go out there the first day. She actually went to school and learned how to the proper way to do. Do you watch those guys? They don't just go. They actually know how they're doing it when they flag. And when there's one flagger on one side and another guy at the other guy, they don't just wave and say, hey, I've got the stop sign. No, they take the thing and they wiggle it a certain way and then they turn it around and the other person... You know what they've done? They've learned how to exercise their authority. You need to learn how to exercise your authority. You need to go to school of the Spirit to learn how to exercise your authority. You need to go and sit as a disciple under somebody, under Christ, under Pastor Nelson, whatever, and learn how to exercise your authority. If you want to understand authority, this is a real good one. If you want to understand authority, you must stand under authority. You have to be under it 
before you're over it. Last thing I want you to see, or there's two more things. Your authority, Jesus ref- answers this guy and he says, I never saw such authority. No, he never said that. He says, I never saw such faith. When you exercise and walk in authority, you are exercising and walking in faith. And it says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you want to please God, walk in faith, which is exercising your authority, which pleases God. You want to please God? Start walking in the authority that he has for you. You say, oh, that's getting crazy. Oh, that's Bible. It's Bible. You want to argue? Argue with the Bible. I don't answer emails. I'm just kidding. I never found such faith. This guy was exercising his authority and walking and understanding how authority operates. And God looks at it and says, there's faith. There was faith at work. When you walk in the authority and you start speaking and exercising the authority that you have and you recognize the authority that others have and you come to Christ, you come to somebody else and you exercise honor, respect, what you're doing is you are displaying faith and that pleases God. And I like to please God. I'd rather make him happy than sad. That's my decision. And the last thing is in verse 13. He says to the centurion, Go, it shall be done as you believed. Go, it shall be done as you believe. You get what you believe. And that's why I said earlier when I started, I believe I'm convinced that there are believers that do not understand what walking in authority is about because I see too many of us, myself included, not being victorious in things and in areas. And I am challenged to understand what my authority is in Christ. Profess it. Speak it. You need to act on your authority. You need to know your authority. You need to walk in your authority. You need to exercise your authority. And you need to believe in your authority. Those are all in that passage. Acting on his authority was imploring Jesus. Knowing his authority was saying, I'm a man under authority too. Walking his authority was saying, just say the word. Exercising his authority was saying, my servant, just say the word and my servant will be healed. And believing in his authority was when Jesus says, you're going to get what you believe. I want to pray for you this morning or this afternoon. God has been speaking to us very specifically. And I've been challenged in my own heart. That I want something that's real. I want something 
that's alive. I want something that somebody else comes and says, whatever you've got, I need. And I know it's in the scriptures. I know it's in my relationship with Christ. And I know it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. And just like we were challenged last week to put our face in his book. <laughs> you didn't get There's an aspect of spending time with God and getting deep with God that unlocks and releases and opens doors that just coming to church just having the desire doesn't do it takes something it takes something it takes something i want to see you walking in authority but it takes something for you to do that. So I want to pray for you this morning that you will be quickened inside, that God will stir you, cause you to have a hunger that isn't going to be satisfied unless you get to see him, that you get to meet him, that you get to know him, that you hear his voice, that you hear his heartbeat. That's what I want to pray for you this morning. Anybody ready to receive? Heavenly Father, I'm not satisfied with just walking around speaking and making loud noises and sounds like this and sounds like that. Lord, I want to walk in your authority. I want to walk in the authority that you have and that you say, go ye therefore. Lord, I want to understand what it means when you said all authority is given unto me. Lord, I want to understand what it means when you said, I've given you authority to tread on this, to do this, and to do that. Lord, I'm not satisfied myself without seeing lives affected and people changed. Not because of me, but because of the power that you have. Lord, that we would point them to Christ, that we would point them to the Redeemer of the soul. The one that redeemed us from destruction. That took us and transferred us from the darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Lord I ask oh God that you would stir hearts here today. That we wouldn't be satisfied with the same old, same old. But that we would look beyond that and look to what you are saying. That we would seek your face. Lord, that we would look at those people on the streets that maybe are underprivileged, that don't have what we have, Lord, that are struggling with some things. Lord, that, that we would have a passion inside of us that drives us to say, Lord, what is it going to take to see that person get touched from you? What is it going to take for that person to get touched from you? And Lord, birth it in me. Lord, cause it to be alive in me. Cause it to be burning inside of me. In your precious name, everybody said, amen. Thank you for your time. God bless you and have a great week.